Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, I want to talk to you about the God of open doors, the God of open doors. You know, God wants to open a door for you that no man can close. God wants to open doors for favor, open doors in relationships, open doors of heaven for you to experience his best and his blessing in your life. And one of the things that God uses to open doors is connection in our lives. And so we've been talking about the power of connection. And I believe the power of connection is what's going to open the doors that you need open in your life. And so get ready to receive the open door. Get ready to receive the blessing that comes from the open doors that God creates through connection. You know, there's one thing that social media has highlighted in a positive light is how much most of us want to be connected to others and be a part of some sort of community. Social media has shown us that people want connection. Now, I don't believe social media is what God is going to use to create and provide all of the connection that you need, but it can get you started in the right direction, because when you have the right connection, you're going to go in the right direction. And the connection that God wants for us, the community that God wants for us is it comes through the power of the church. Psalm 92, verse 12 says, when we're planted in God's house, we will flourish like the trees of Lebanon. It says the, these beautiful palm trees that can be blown one direction or another through the wind and storms, but their roots are so deep that they never stop bearing fruit. And these trees never stop standing because of the deep root system. When you're root, when you're rooted deeply in the things of God, seeping in the things of God, planted deep in the things of God and the church of God, you will experience supernatural fruit and supernatural blessing in your life. Now, listen, I'm talking about the God of open doors and the power of connection. I believe there are three things we need to tap into to experience the power of connection and the open doors of God's goodness into our lives. Our first connection, let's talk about all three. Our first connection is our connection with God through grace. We must experience this connection with God through grace. And why do I say connection with God through grace? Because there is no other access to God except through grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is God's God giving to us what we don't deserve. Grace is the free, unmerited love and favor of God, the free, unearned, unmerited love and favor of God. And so our connection with God is not through the law. Our connection with God is not through our efforts. Our connection with God is not through what other people do for us or do to us. Our connection with God is through grace. Romans chapter five, verse one and verse two says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Do you want to stand in life? If you want to stand in life, it's by grace that we stand. We stand in the grace of God. We are connected to God through his grace. I like what the New Living Translation says in this verse. It says because because of faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Man, God wants to give you undeserved privilege. I'm not talking about because of 
color, because of race, because of status, because of financial economic conditions. He says this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Wow. But listen to this. It gets even better. I love what the message Bible says in verse one and verse two of Romans chapter five. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, he's always wanted to do something for you to set us right with him, to make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus, our Lord Jesus. And that's not all he says. And this is where the open doors connects with the connection and the power of God. He says, but that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and we discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. And now we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and God's glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Wow. Connection with God through grace, connection with God through grace. We listen to that second part of this verse again. We throw open our doors to God and we discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his doors to us. We find ourselves standing where we've always hoped we would. Wow. Out in the open spaces of God's grace and God's glory, standing tall, man, it's time for you to stand tall. It's time for you to start shouting out praise. You know what? If if your Christian, if your Christianity, if your relationship with God was all based on what you did for him, you wouldn't be able to shout out praise. You would be shouting out exhaustion. You'd be shouting out defeat. You'd be shouting out failure because we can't. We cannot keep all of our promises to God, but he will certainly keep all of his promises to us. And that's the basis upon which we connect with God through grace. We don't connect to God, connect to God through our performance. We connect to God through grace. I want you to say that. Say, I connect with God through grace. This is how the power flows. This is how he says you're going to be standing in these wide open spaces. You're going to experience open doors. You're going to experience the doors of heaven, the doors of God's blessing, the doors of God's provision, the doors of God's power flows through grace. You're connecting with God through grace. I'm not coming to God on the basis of God. You know, I've prayed enough. God, you know, I've stood enough. God, you know, I've fasted enough. God, God, you know, I've tried enough. God, you know, I've promised enough. God, you know, I've done enough. No, you don't stand that way. You don't praise that way. There's nothing to praise when it's all about you. And it can't be all about us because we can't obtain this kind of open doors. We can't obtain these kinds of blessings from heaven through our effort. But we can have access to it all through grace, connection with God through grace. I love this. Listen, in Hebrews chapter four, verse 15, verse 16, he says, therefore, 
we can come boldly. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We have access to God through grace. Say, how many ways are you going to talk to us about the grace of God, Pastor? How many ways are you going to talk to us about the goodness of God? How many ways are you going to talk to us about the throne of God's grace? I'm going to talk to you about that every way I possibly can. And here we have in our lives right now, you need an open door. I need an open door. We need something to to flow into our lives. We're not participating in the recession that's being talked about. We're not participating in the inflations being talked about. We're not going to participate in that. And of course, yes, we know that prices have gone up everywhere, but God's provision is going to go up even higher. God's abundance is going to go even further. And we need to realize that our blessing and our open doors don't come through what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the government, what's going on in America or anywhere else in the world. But the open doors come through our connection with God through grace. There's three connections I'm talking to you about today, but there's, here's the first one connection with God through grace. And in this first one also is connection with God through prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is not just talking to God, but it's listening as well. Prayer is having conversation with God. We get to have conversation with God anytime we want. We have access to God. How do we have access to God? By grace, right? Through grace, by faith, through grace, into this grace in which we stand, the Bible says. Listen, we have to realize that we have access to God through grace, and now we can connect with God through prayer. We have connection with God through grace and connection with God through prayer, which is having a conversation with God. It involves listening, not just talking, but it involves talking, not just listening. The Bible says that we can go to God about anything. We can talk to him about anything. The Bible says morning by morning, I wake up to listen with the ear of a disciple and to speak with the tongue of a disciple. If we will listen with the ear of a disciple, like I'm ready to hear, we will speak with the tongue of a disciple and it will move mountains. You see, God, God's power flows through connection. The power of heaven flows through connection. Number one is connection with God through grace, through prayer, through praying in tongues. I love what first Corinthians 14 two says, and I don't I don't want to ever allow us to get uncomfortable talking about things that we don't necessarily Maybe you don't have a lot of experience in or maybe you've been through church experiences where they told you tongues was of the devil or tongues was not for everybody or tongues was not needed anymore. That's all nonsense. Just as much as we need the power of the Holy Spirit, just as much as we need the word of God and the promises of God, we need the prayer language of heaven. You know, there's tongues of men and we have to have tongues of men. First Corinthians 13 talks about tongues of men and tongues of angels. You can't get rid of the tongues of men in this world. We have to communicate with each other through the tongues of men, but we communicate with heaven through the tongues of angels or the tongues of heaven. He says, for when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. No one understands, but in my spirit, I'm speaking mysteries. When somebody prays in tongues, it's, Paul said, he doesn't understand when somebody prays in tongues, he doesn't understand. But in his spirit, he's speaking mysteries to God. He's speaking mysteries to God. Wow. I believe that every time we speak mysteries to God, we're planting a seed. And you know what the harvest is? The seed is we're speaking mysteries to God. The harvest is 
we're reaping mysteries from God. Every one of us might have a mystery. There's a mystery behind what you need God to do in your life. There's a mystery behind a breakthrough that you need in your life. There's a mystery behind the healing that you need in your life. But guess what? The mysteries are revealed by God. When we speak mysteries to him, he reveals mysteries back to us in the form of answers and breakthroughs and powering through whatever you're facing right now. So number one, if we're going to experience the open doors that God created us to experience, it comes through connection. And the first one is connection with God through grace, through prayer, through the spiritual language of the Holy Spirit. And then number two is our connection with each other. There is power and open doors in our connection with each other. Let's think about this for a moment. And some of this you already heard me say, and I'll just keep saying it because it's so powerful in Matthew, chapter 18, verse 19. This is such a great verse. I tell you this, Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will do it for you. Now, I know there's some people right now that be saying, oh, well, you shouldn't ask God this. You shouldn't ask God that you shouldn't. Hey, that's not my problem. That's not your problem. Our problem is not to limit ourselves. We don't we shouldn't limit ourselves when it comes to asking God for anything. He said we can ask him for anything. If two of you shall agree about anything they ask, it shall be done by my father in heaven for you. You know why God is going to answer from heaven? Because it's for you, because he's for you, not against you. Man, it's time for us to throw open our prayer requests to God. It's time for us to throw open the power of agreement that we have with each other. Listen, God is interested in doing for you what you're asking for, but he's even more interested in you doing it with the right people that you're supposed to be connected to. That's why he says there's so much power. If two of you shall agree about anything they ask, it shall be done by my father in heaven. He will do it for you. He will do it for you. Woo. You know, that passage earlier says where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. There is so much power in our agreement. There is so much power in our connection. You know, that's what the devil's trying to do all the time. You know what he's trying to do? Cut the connection. He's trying to cut the connection. He's trying to stop the connection, whether we're online, connected online. He's trying to send weird stuff that will happen to your to your Wi-Fi, to our computer system, to whatever delivery system you're hearing this message or watching this message through. Satan is always trying. He's the he's the he's the prince of the power of the air. He's always trying to invade the, the electrical connection that we have, the electricity that comes from the connection between you and me, the connection between us as members of the body of Christ, connection between us as members of our life changers family, wherever you're connecting and wherever you're watching. But you see, Satan is always trying to destroy, damage the connection. He's always trying to cut the connection. God is always trying to release his power and it flows through connection. And I know I've said this an abundance of times over the last three or four weeks. But I want to make sure that you don't miss this. And I want to make sure that in these days that we're living in with so much trouble and so much tribulation around us, 
with wars and rumors of wars, with shootings and killings, with tragedies and disasters. We need the open doors of heaven for protection, for provision, for power, for peace, for progress in our lives, for purpose in our lives. We need the open doors that God says he flings wide open for us through our connection with God, through grace, through our connection with each other, where there's power, where there's presence, where there's peace, where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. That's God's presence. Two of you shall agree about anything they ask. That's God's power. When we have God's presence and we have God's power, we're going to have his peace all the days of our lives. Wow. There's something about our connection together. And there's something very demonic about how disease, sickness, tragedy, covid, you name it, all, all that's happened in the last three, two or three years. You think about it. What was at, what was the devil after disconnection? What was the devil after preventing our agreement, preventing our connection, trying to shut down all the churches, shut down everybody's voice, shut down. Listen, God is all about connection and that's where the power flows. There's this amazing verse I've been meditating on, thinking about this week and thinking about we talked about a little bit about it at one of our staff meetings earlier this week. But there's this verse in Psalm or excuse me, Isaiah, chapter 65, verse eight. And I want to read it to you. It says, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster. And one says, do not destroy it. And one says, do not destroy it for a blessing is in it. I want to read that to you again as the new wine is found in the cluster. So he's telling us where the new wine is. What do we need new wine for? Because God gives us a new wineskins and new wine. Wine represents the joy of God, the peace of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. The, the wine represents the new covenant, not living by old covenant demands, but living by new covenant promises, not living by old covenant condemnation, but living by new covenant righteousness, not living by old covenant sickness and disease, but living by new covenant healing and health and divine peace, not living by old covenant curses, but living in New Testament blessings. He says, and the new wine is found in the cluster. Jesus blood is new wine. Jesus blood is the new wine. But where it's found, where the power of his blood is found is in the cluster. And notice what he says. And one says, do not destroy it, for there's a blessing in it. Satan is trying to destroy our cluster. You know, when you're when you're by yourself, when you're on your own, you're just a grape. <laughs> but when you're connected, oh, by the way, and when you're but when you're connected, excuse me, when you're connected, you're now a part of a cluster by yourself. When life hits you, when life squeezes you, you don't have much. You just have a little bit of wine that comes out of that one little grape. It doesn't last very long. 
and then you know what happens, you turn into a raisin after that, right? But if you, if you would realize the anointing, the new wine, the promises of God are found in the cluster. One grape by itself, when squeezed, will just lose all of its power. But one grape connected to a cluster of grapes, when squeezed, creates an abundance of wine. Listen, he says, do not destroy it. Don't destroy the cluster. Satan is trying to destroy the cluster. He tries to separate us from each other. The Bible says he who separates himself, seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. The Bible talks about how one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. You see the multiplied power. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. When we're planted in the house of God, we flourish. The church is powerful. The body of Christ is powerful when there's connection, when we realize we're better together. We're better together. A cluster of grapes is better than a grape. No one goes into a store and buys a grape because there's no blessing in one grape. But when somebody goes into the grocery store, they buy a cluster of grapes. Why? Because there's blessing and there's refreshing and there's beauty and there's taste in the cluster. Listen, he says to us, do not destroy it. Boy, Satan will do anything he can to destroy churches, to destroy pastors, to destroy leaders, to destroy connection, to destroy unity, to destroy the cluster, to stop us from agreeing, to stop us from praying, to stop us from gathering, to stop us from believing, to stop us from evangelizing, to stop us from speaking God's word. Boy, the devil will do anything. And God says, do not destroy that cluster for there's a blessing in it. Who's ready for that blessing? Man, let's be connected right now. Let's release the power of our connection right now. Let's agree right now for whatever it is that you need. Let's believe together. Let's release the blessing. Let's activate the blessing. Let's not let this connection be destroyed. Let's not let this cluster be destroyed. Let's be a part of a cluster. Let's be a part of the branches. Let's be a part of God's vine. Let's stay connected and stay together and stay close and say together and agree together and believe together right now. Come on, let's pray this. Say in Jesus name, Heavenly Father, I agree. We agree right now. You said if two shall agree about anything, it shall be done. We agree right now for each other's blessing. We agree right now for each other's favor. Come on, say that. We agree right now for each other's power. We agree right now for each other's healing. We agree right now for each other's abundance. We agree right now for each other's breakthrough. In Jesus name. Amen. Expect, expect, expect. Don't destroy this connection. It's where the blessing is for there. The Lord commands the blessing. It says in Psalm 133, right? <laughs> so how does God's open doors? How does the God of open doors release his power through connection? Connection to what connection with God? through grace, connection with each other through the power of agreement and the power of the church. And number three, God flings the doors open and the power flows in our connection to this world, not to this world system, 
and I've shared this before with you two or three weeks ago, not through this world's system, not through this world's fears and anxieties, not through this world's lusts and appetites, but our connection to human beings to introduce them to the kindness of God. And why do we want to introduce people to the kindness of God? Because Romans chapter two, verse four says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads us to a life change. It's the it's it's the kindness of God that leads us to a transformation. It's the kindness of God that brings us to our knees in gratitude and thanks to God. You see, it was the goodness of God that caused Peter to repent. You think about it when Peter fell on his knees and he recognized his sinfulness. He said, I'm a sinful man. You remember what caused him to fall on his knees and acknowledge his need for Jesus? It wasn't that Jesus said, oh, Peter, you know, I noticed you cussed. I noticed you did this. I noticed all these sins in your life. I noticed all the problems in your life. You better repent of those things. No, 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 no. What did Jesus do for Peter that caused Peter to fall to his knees? both in gratitude and repentance. Jesus blessed Peter with a boat full of fish that Peter fished all night for and didn't catch one fish. Jesus told him, let's go into the deep, drop your net now, drop your nets now. And the fish began to flood that net to where the nets began to break. And Peter needed to call for another boat and for his friends to come over and help him gather in all that abundance of fish. And where did that abundance come from? It came from Jesus. And what was Jesus demonstrating? His goodness, his kindness. And what did it lead Peter to? Repentance. My God, if we would see this, we would stop preaching a condemning gospel. We would stop telling everybody what sins they need to repent of, what sins they need to stop doing, what sins they better never allow, the sins they should allow and the things that are OK. And then the, the minor ones and then the major ones they need to say, stop enough of that. That's not going to lead anybody to repentance. Condemn our connection to this world needs to be through kindness. Our connection to this world needs to be through through appreciation and valuing people and seeing the value in every human being and seeing the humanity in every human being and honoring the humanity in every human being. We have to realize we've we've been treating one another and treating humans as dispensable, disposable. And this is what I'm talking about. God's power flows through our a connection with God through grace, a connection with each other through prayer and through the church and our connection with this world through kindness and servant evangelism, through kindness, through through hum humanity, respecting one another and showing empathy. We got to stop waiting for the world to show us kindness and we have to show the world kindness because it leads them to repentance. And it could even start with us showing one another kindness. You know, it's funny how easy it is sometimes to be kind to a stranger, but unkind to our own family member sometimes to be kind to a stranger, but unkind to our wife or our husband sometimes to be kind to a stranger, but unkind to a fellow church member sometimes. If we could realize that we have a wrong relationship with this world when we're condemning it, we have a wrong relationship with this world. We're, we're stopping the power from flowing when we have a relationship with this world that is a self-righteous relationship, a condescending relationship, a relationship where we think we're better. We think we're smarter. We think God's favored us more. If we we have to stop seeing ourselves as better than this world, we have to start serving this world. Jesus got his towel out and a basin to wash his disciples feet. 
and they were at first shocked. Shouldn't we be washing your feet? We're the we're the we're the ones, Jesus, that should be washing your feet. And Jesus said, no, I I'm here to serve. I'm here to wash. I'm here to serve. I'm here to show you a better way to show you kindness, to show you love, to show you servanthood. You think Jesus won his disciples by telling them how wrong they were, how bad they were, how sinful they were. You think that he won his disciples by showing them how their their lifestyle choices were keeping them from heaven and keeping them from God. No, Jesus didn't. He didn't reach his disciples that way. He showed them goodness. He showed them kindness. Oh, yeah, he said some tough things sometimes. They didn't fully understand everything he said. We still don't fully understand everything Jesus said. We will when we get to heaven. But I just want you to see how Jesus didn't win them through shame. Jesus didn't win them by condescending. Jesus didn't win them by self-righteousness. Jesus won them by kindness. He won them by coming down to their level and lifting them up, not condescending, looking down, but bending down to serve them, bending down to pick them up, elevating them, elevating their true worth and true purpose, their true worth and true purpose. I want you to think about that. Jesus elevated everybody. A woman comes to him at the well, Samaritan, a woman that was not a, a Jewish woman, didn't belong there by the well. And yet Jesus said, if you would offer me water to drink, if you would ask me for water, I would give you living water and you would never thirst again. This woman Jesus showed kindness to this woman, Jesus showed grace to this woman was on her seventh, her sixth relationship, right? We would say her sixth marriage, but it wasn't her sixth marriage. She gave up on marriage after the fifth guy. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> She's living with the sixth guy. And Jesus said, go get your husband. Let's talk about this. Oh, I don't have a husband. Yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You had five of them. The one you're with now isn't your husband. But he didn't condemn her. He just revealed to her what he knew and what she knew. And then he still invited her. My God, if we would be if we would treat the world like this, if we would be show kindness and empathy and stop needing people to be on the final chapter of their lives where everything is working perfectly in their lives, that is absurdity. We're trying to get people to be so holy. We can't even do it ourselves sometimes. Let us show kindness. Let us be servants. Let us be people that are aware that this world is going to hell without Jesus. You cannot stand before God without being washed in his precious blood. He's offering the very sacrifice himself. He's doing the dirty work himself to make a way for you to reach him and for you to go to him freely. And it's simply by his blood that washes away your sins and brings you into a connection with God. Boy, if we would realize something, if we would realize Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that's the good news. We got to realize the gospel is not a set of rules to live by. It's a treasure map leading us to a connection with Jesus. The Bible is not meant to be a book of rules. It's a mosaic of Jesus beauty. The Bible is the greatest work of art because it paints in story form, the beauty of Jesus throughout its pages. Preaching at people, a set of laws and rules will never change a heart or a life. That is not God's way. I'm calling you right now. 
to be an evangelist. I'm calling you right now. Yeah, you. Oh, my life is such a mess. I'm doing this. I broke this. I broke that commandment. I broke that commandment. Listen, our job is not to point people to us. It's to point people to this beautiful savior, Jesus. The Bible is a map pointing to and connecting us to the greatest treasure of all time, Jesus. Consider for a moment. I'm almost done here, but consider for a moment. Acts chapter eight, 2000 years ago, an African man who knew nothing about Jesus was sitting in a chariot. This dude was sitting in a chariot. And it says on the road between Jerusalem and Gaza at that time, it says God directed an evangelist named Philip, an evangelist named Greg, an evangelist named Mary, Susie, Billy Bob, whatever, whoever you are right now, you are now an evangelist. I'm going to show you what it takes to be an evangelist. It says in Acts chapter eight, verse 30, Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place of scripture he read was in Isaiah. He was led to sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before its shearer in silence. So he opened his mouth in humiliation. His justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of someone else? Pulls this scripture out of Isaiah. He says, who's this talking about himself or somebody else? Acts 835 says, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him, preached Jesus to him. Notice Philip didn't preach the commandments. He didn't see scripture as a book of rules and demands. He saw scripture as a description of Jesus, exactly where the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. And he preached Jesus to him. He preached Jesus to him. The Bible is not a book of rules. It's a mosaic. I'm not saying that there's not things that we should obey in the Bible. There certainly are, but it's not meant to be read as a rule book. It's a mosaic of Jesus Christ's beauty. That is why religious people just try to pin you and point at you and your unholiness and all the things you need to change. They're just being religious. They don't realize the book is not meant to be read as a rule by rule, commandment by commandment lifestyle it's to be revealing of a beauty and a, a preciousness of Jesus that would cause anyone to want to have a relationship with him. If you only knew how beautiful he was, you would want to be with him the rest of your life. We all want what's beautiful in life, whether it's a view of a sunset, whether it's a view of of fields and and open pastures, whether it's a, a person that looks beautiful to us, whatever it is, a piece of art, whatever it is, a lifestyle. We want what's beautiful because we are wired to want God. And if we realized how beautiful he really was, we would be running to him. We would be running to him. Run from religion, but run to Jesus and run to the connection with God through grace, the connection with one another through the church and through prayer and the connection with this world by being kind and being servant minded and introducing people to Jesus, the real Jesus, the indispensable Jesus, the altogether lovely Jesus, the Rose of Sharon, Jesus, the beautiful, 
Savior, Jesus. Have you received him into your life as your Savior? If you're watching right now and you say, I would like to know this beautiful Jesus, pray this with me right now. Just pray this right now. Say, Heavenly Father, just pray this. Heavenly Father, I invite the real Jesus, the beautiful Savior into my life as my Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. If you prayed that prayer, would you let me know? I have a gift for you. It's a little book called The Power of a New Life. You can download it anywhere in the world. It's just the next steps in this journey with God. When you're planted in God's house and when you have the right foundation in your life, you're going to keep growing and growing and growing. Let's grow together because when we do, everything's going to be all right. Now, don't miss our next service. And if you need anything, you let somebody know on one of our platforms and we will pray with you. We will believe with you. We will stand with you because we are better with you and you're better with me. Let's stay connected. Let's stay together and let's change this world through our connection with God through grace, our connection with one another through the church and through prayer and our connection to this world with kindness and servant evangelism, taking the real Jesus to this broken world. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you at our next service. God bless.